Em Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I've just been sitting there in the corner clutching my little anxiety blanket. This is Emsolation. I'm Michael, I'm from the suburbs, I can't play sport, and would anyone like to watch Aladdin on VHS? <laughs> Could I have birthed them? No? Feel free to perv. I mean, your genes are very strong, <laughs> very you. strong. I can't believe my genes aren't in there going, Scott, get out. You're in Emsolation. Am I putting a googie egg at my juts? <laughs> Hello, hello, how are you? Welcome to Emsolation. I'll be your host, Em Rossiano. <laughs> how are you going? Uh, if you're in Melbourne, I know how you're going. I've started taking car holidays and I encourage you all to do the same. And also, here's a little tip from me to you. Order your groceries online, then say you're going to do the food shop and that gives you an extra 20 minutes of car holiday. And in there, you know, you can pop on some Whitney, some Madonna, Pop on this podcast. What am I saying? Pop on this podcast in your little car holiday. I'm just getting messages. Very professional. I should probably start again, but I don't want to. I did something really stupid last night, and I don't know why I did it. It's self-sabotage. I thought that I should probably definitely weigh myself. (laughs) I weighed myself. It's the first time I've weighed myself since January. Um... And the scales, look, they don't lie. I have put on, I'm just going to tell you, six kilos. I have put on one kilo a month since this all began. Six kilos. Because yesterday the wonderful women at the project uh, wardrobe department sent me some frocks to try on um, because I get a bit traumatised trying them on at Channel 10 because I get all sweaty. But they just know, let's just send them to Em's house where she can do it in the comfort of her own home, put on five pairs of Spanx. And I tried on the dresses that are my usual size and I was like, I can't get these done up. Oh, these sizes must be very small. No, I've put on a dress size. And I know we all have, but I'm someone who – Look, I'm a former athlete, pretty fit person, um, but I'm now heavier like than after I gave birth. (laughs) And, you know, and I know everyone's going to like, Amy, you look fine, you look fine. But, you know, within yourself when you just – if your pants aren't doing up, it doesn't matter how many people say you look fine. And, of course, in the scheme of things, I do look fine. But just within myself, God, I saw that number. (laughs) I gasped. I jumped off and then I took off all my clothes and reweighed myself. <laughs> so I've just, you know, and then, you know, when you lay awake at night and you go, right, well, I've put on all this weight. So tomorrow, new me, new day, new M. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to eat healthy food. And then you get up in the morning and you see like the le- leftover pizza and you're like, I'm just going to have that for breakfast. <laughs> I'm always really ready to be healthy at night when I go to sleep, so resolute. And then the next day I'm like, but today I have consciously drunk more water. I did go for a little jog this morning. (laughs) You know, I do like to do everything at 100. God, it's fine, guys, it's fine. I'm going to just, you know, once we come out of this situation, I'm going to just get so healthy and fit. (laughs) God. What else has been going on? I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills which may um, may not be the healthiest thing to do, but it's all I can cope with. But uh, I will talk to Michael about that when he joins us. Michael is very relaxed now because he finally finished his TV show filming it and he didn't know what was going to happen. So it's good to have him back. I always know when Michael's, when Michael's super stressed, I don't wake up to 15 text messages because he gets up very early some mornings and um, 
and I'll get all sorts of things. Kylie Minogue's got a new disco album. Donald Trump said this, like it ranges. But I stopped getting text messages when he's really stressed. So they've begun again, which is great because he's my only source of news at the moment because it's all I can go with. I just wanted to say I read something, you know, when you sometimes you read little memes and I don't know, this one really hit me. There's this great Instagram account called Female Collective and I really recommend you follow her. And she posted this morning, we're all learning. And this, what I'm about to say is what I'm taking out of isolation and what I've certainly learned. She wrote, we're all learning that how our life feels is much more important than how our life looks. And I think that's massive. We're all learning that how our life feels is much more important than how our life looks. I really understand that and they really hit home for me and it's kind of always something I think I've subscribed to but I didn't realise until someone articulated it. And I think about all the influences that I follow and all the women, I don't know why, I do follow a few women who have these impossibly perfect lives and I have watched the tone of some of their Instagrams change and I think they're having this realisation as well. So I just love that. I love that concept and that notion of if that's what we're all discovering, that we need to feel good, not just look good. Oh, Em, go back 10 minutes to talking about how much weight you've put on. <laughs> Do you see the roller coaster that my brain is? But I love that idea of focusing on how things feel and more important how things look. I love that. All right. That's enough. I'll bring Michael in. We're going to talk about, oh, there's this big hoo-brew-ha-ha about how Nicole Kibben's in a $7 million house isolating and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, lovely Jane Seymour, is in, uh, I don't know, the Mantra or Ridges or wherever it's happening. And people are getting really worked up about it. And you're going to hear me really telling the truth and just remember, my opinion, it may be different to yours and that's great. That's what makes the world go around. Look, to give you a little bit of a hint, I don't care. I don't care where Nicole Kidman's isolating. I've got so many other things. But you'll you'll hear that very explicitly from me in the next little bit. And it might ruffle your feathers. That's all right. Again, just remember, just my little thoughts. You don't have to listen. You don't have to believe them. But, oh, God, <laughs> I'm just at the end. I'm at the end of my caring. My last fuck has flown away. All right, well, uh, thank you for being here as always. I'm going to shut up now and we're going to bring in my bestie, my Michael, and uh, hopefully you enjoy what's to come. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right, well, joining me now, fresh off record, coronavirus cases in Melbourne. And and to be honest, he is my only source of news now because I have given up watching the news because I can't handle any more. Michael Lickers, what was the number you just told me? 481, 82, I think, but not confirmed yet, but about to be confirmed at 12.30 from very reliable sources. Biggest ever. Oh, well, at least we're... Go, Melbourne! (laughs) I love that I'm your correspondent from the outside world. You are. Like I I get text messages from you, you know, usually around quarter past 11 every day with the number and like, you know, oh, Jesus, 300, da-da. And today I didn't receive one. I thought, oh, maybe that's a good sign. And then as soon as I talk to you, like, nah, record. I'm like, shit. Yeah, you're (laughs) the only way I can handle it because usually it's cottoned and sandwiched in with some great pop culture stories. Like Kylie Minogue's, you broke Kylie Minogue's disco album to me, then told me the numbers. So at least you know your audience. Yeah, that's true. I mean, our text thread... (laughs) 
just in general is this sort of dizzying mix of the most facile poppy shit and then really serious stuff back and forth, back and forth. And what's really weird is when we're firing back and forth so quickly and, and, and the messages are sort of overlapping in a weird way. So one of us is on a weird poppy thing talking about Kylie's eyeshadow and the other one's talking about the number of deaths and it just leads to a really strange dynamic. But don't forget also the in-depth analysis of, of the U.S. elections. That oh, is also like people would be reading that text out. By the way, if you're a Russian spy listening, we're very big amongst the Russian spy community. Please don't ever make a text message that they should never see the light of day. I'm every time I have I've had to censor myself a couple times, worried about Russian spies getting my phone. <laughs> but the good thing is, Em, I have heard that if you politely ask the Russian spies not to, they're very amenable. Yeah. So good strategy yeah. there. Yeah, I'm sure we're safe. <laughs> you haven't, in fact, alerted them to the fact that there would be some really <laughs> compromising shit on there. Yeah, and we. <laughs> Usually about reality TV contestants say. But we also have even said that to each other at the end of a text. God, I hope a Russian spy isn't reading this. So we're really oh, – totally. We're on a watch list somewhere in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> we have been – and we've been backwards and forwardsing over the privileged quarantine of some Australian celebrities. So basically if you want to film a movie or shoot a TV show anywhere other than where you are, you've got to go into two weeks quarantine. And Ursula Carlson, the amazing comedian who's going to be a judge on The Masked Singer, has gone into quarantine for two weeks. She's come in from New Zealand. Danny Minogue has come in presumably for the same show, but their quarantines look very different. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What are the nature of the differences, Amelia? Well, Danny Minogue is in a nice house on the Gold Coast mm-hmm. and Ursula, I'm pretty sure is either in an Ibis or a what, 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 Meridian, <laughs> what the, whichever hotel's hosting people. Mm. Uh, Nicole Kidman has also come into the country. She is not at a mantra. No, she's in a Southern Highlands $6.5 million property, I believe. Yes, and Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, a.k.a. Jane Seymour, is also not in a $6.5 million Southern Highlands mansion. She, too, is in a mantra. We had to ask a cast member of Five Bedrooms when we picked back up to isolate a guy from New Zealand, and he did mm. it at the Ridges. Mm. At the Ridges? <laughs> Look, it's probably not the mantra. I'm just plucking hotel names out. Is it Ridges? Is that I the think official it was, isolation? Yeah. We had a couple, and we had the Stanford Plaza, and 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 uh, he, yeah, it was full on. There was uh, no fresh air. That more than anything would be the thing that would get me. I think I could do the solitude. I think I could do a small space. I think I could do the food, but the fresh air, the lack of fresh air, two weeks in air conditioning, just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, even if you're in jail, you can still get fresh air. I know it's pretty hectic, the no fresh air thing. He wrote songs though. He handled it well. And in fact, people are turning. Yeah. He sent us, he sent us like a little band camp of all the songs (laughs) he wrote. (laughs) Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman's been doing um, some painting, hasn't yep. she? Yeah. She's been doing some crafting. Love that for her. Well, she just closes her eyes and brings the pen to paper and lets what happened would happen and then fills it in yes. later according to it. So <laughs> it's been beautiful to find out about how Dr. Quinn. <laughs> Jane said we've got to use her actual name, but she will ever, forever be Dr. Quinn. Medicine Woman. Please mm. say her entire That's title. Right. Sorry, please, her full title. Please respect the doctor's six years of medical training. Thank you. <laughs> And did you know that she has an identical twin in real life? Really? Well, that would be very handy in the film industry for some doubling. (laughs) Some trivia for you. I think that's true. 
That's something I've stored away along with Britney Spears' son's names. We are going to surprise each other on our opinions on this idea of mega celebrities having different privileges to everyday folk who are just in, you know, chambers. Do you want my opinion or do you want to give yours? Well, I'm, I've got an annoying two-part opinion. Ah, oh, I love an annoying two-part opinion. Mine's very quick. Okay, all right. Hit me with it. Go. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> In the scheme of things, in the scheme of things in my worry chart that I'm t- telling my worry beads as I put them in my sporran, mm. where Nicole Kibben's isolating is not up there. And <laughs> celebrities getting unfair treatment, yes, this has been happening for centuries. This is not a new thing. Are we surprised? And if anyone is out there stamping their feet and pouting, the Danny Minogue's in a palace or whatever she's done, I don't like. What world have her. you been living in up until now? I don't, I just feel like I only have a finite amount of energy and I'm not going to channel it into, you know, where these people are, are isolating. I don't care. M's a woman on the Titanic as it goes down, seeing everyone go mad about how only some people get lifeboats. She's like, well, what did you expect? Grab some leftover food and then get ready to swim because that's just what's happening. But it's like, it's like screaming into the wind. Why people, it's like when Kyle Sanderland says something offensive and people get offended. It's like, why I, this is very surprising to you. I would be more surprised if I heard Nicole Kidman was at the local hotel motel eating surf and turf. I'd be more surprised and worried <laughs> than if she's staying in some mansion. Like she had to be married to Tom Cruise for 10 years. Hasn't that bitch suffered enough? You know, let her have it. <laughs> I don't know that that's the way I'd frame it. And also who hand on heart among us? Yeah. If presented with the option, yes. would not take it. That would be the equivalent of someone saying, congratulations at airport check-in, you've been given first class, and yes. you're going, no, 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 I choose oh, in, in solidarity with everyone, <laughs> I will exactly. fly economy. <laughs> 100%. If someone, if you were told you had to go to lockdown and you're like, look, option A is this beautiful $7 million horses or, you know, so it's fair. So people on Twitter don't attack you. <laughs> you can go into a, a windowless cell. You, what are you going to pick, dickheads? Like, just calm down. Okay, but should our government the- be allowing it, though? That's that's the question. Like, apart from just the individual. Oh, God, again, they have bigger things, bigger fish to fry than where Nicole Kidman is peeing. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> we clearly don't have bigger fish to fry, but the government should. I would rather the government be focusing on uh, treatment, on vaccinations, on, you know, identifying clusters. I don't want them wasting one second. I want the form to come across the person desk, Nicole Kidman in a house, great, check off. I don't want them spending any time on that. Okay, good, point well made. What's your annoying two-part opinion? Well, my two, there is a gut level where I go, oh, fuck bullshit, this is bullshit. How can there be, you know, surely this is should be the great leveller and if you want to come in, this is what you should do. That, there's that part of me, yeah. but then there's another part of me that works in the film and TV industry. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I know how critical it is in this day and age, in peak TV with the bazillion shows, you just have to, if you want to get a show happening, it has to have yeah. a well-known person. It just has to. And so yeah. you, if you're in a position like me these days, you spend half your life trying to attract someone internationally well-known to come and do your project. And often you're only asking them to come for like three weeks. And honestly, I mean, I've actually literally already had the situation of, 
investigating a cast member who flat out said, I can't, I'm, you know, if it's for only a few weeks, I'm not going to come and do two weeks in quarantine. I'm just not going to do it. And if it was the difference between a project that might employ hundreds of people getting up yes. or not getting up because you can't attract that one bit of talent to, to do it, then for sure, if I could find a way to get around <laughs> that, I would. And I would just think, look, yep. This sort of inequality, it sucks, but it's for the greater good and they got to skip quarantine and 100 people got a job. So let's just deal with it. Obviously, in a perfect world, it's not fair. But so many other things aren't fair, guys. You know, like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Em will lead many revolutions. She won't be leading a communist revolution anytime soon. (laughs) But not only that, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. There are so many other hills I'm yet to climb that I'll probably die oh, on. But you've I'm not. Got, you've got every limb stretched out covering yeah. a different hill. You don't have another. I'm not. I'm not. You're in a game of twister with all the hills you're dying on. Yeah. Correct. And this is not one of them. Like I've been focusing a lot of energy on privileged women over the past 24 hours. Like I do feel like I've got into the headspace of very privileged women because yesterday when I was cleaning out my bathroom drawers and Scott had the baby and the girls were occupied, I had to make an appointment with my husband because the bathroom was so bad. It was just horrific. Mm. I said to him, I need you to take the baby. I need five hours. So I, I went into the bathroom. I shut the door. I got my laptop. I had all the cleaning equipment. I had sorting bags, everything. I did the whole thing. And it was five hours work. I watched five hours of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. On your laptop as you were doing the cleaning? Yeah. <laughs> as I was scrubbing the base of my toilet with an old toothbrush, I was watching Lisa Vanderpump carry her dog around in a $25,000 crystal encrusted pram. So it was very relatable, but I did – I've oddly found comfort in these ridiculous women and I can't watch the news and I can't invest in any TV shows that are sad – I can't no. even like. I, there's an ad at the moment for New Zealand, and it's people. Oh, that's an insult right now! Don't show us that. We can't book a ticket to go there for Christ. No, no, no. But the ad is even sadder. It's people in New Zealand saying hello to the people they miss. Oh. So it's like I can't hug my nan. Hi, nan. Um, my brother in Belgium. I miss you, mate. And it's just in that beautiful New Zealand accent, and and them talking about I really want to hug my mum in Melbourne. Hi, mum. And it's this ad, and I don't know what the, what they're selling. Are they selling misery? <laughs> Are they selling anxiety? I don't know what New Zealand is selling, but at the end it just says New Zealand pure something. I'm like. What are you fucking selling me? <laughs> tears and heartache, gin. I don't understand. So even watching the telly isn't safe because the ads are so geared to me missing my family and my friends. Yeah. So just the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have become a safe haven. That is where the bizarre thing is, and I swear this is not at all connected with you. But the other night, Adrian, who mostly watches uh, austere art movies from Italy in the sixties, suddenly declared he has to had to watch Real Housewives. And as far as I know, unless you're colluding with him, this. Was no, we have spoken like a, about it. Oh, you have? No, okay. No, right. no, you oh, yeah. and I you and I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago and I said, oh, no, wrong. Adrian is an avid listener of this podcast, your husband. He's yeah. probably our number one fan. In the intro, which I know you don't listen to because you're not in it. I in do listen intro- to them. <laughs> I do listen to them. 
Well, you missed the intro where I talked at length about my obsession with the housewives. Oh, okay. Um, and it's sorry, I take that caddy snipe back. And um, I mean, I wouldn't listen if I wasn't in it. Um, you know, it's like when people take photos, a group shot, you only look at your own face. Um, but I have really become invested in those women because their lives are so ridiculous and opulent mm. and superficial that it. I just have to kind of. It doesn't require any emotional output from me, and I, the shoes and the houses and the the gay best friends and. How's Adrian finding it? Is which franchise is he watching? New York Beverly or Beverly Hills? Hills? Beverly yeah, Hills, it's great. Right it's from great. the beginning, he's gone really. He's Same. had to go back in time to a completely different space. Oh, it's 2010. It's 2010. It's bootleg jeans. It's big belt buckles. It's stripy hair extensions. It's amazing. <laughs> 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 even I, and I'm a real news junkie, even I, albeit that I'm still your correspondent giving you. You are my correspondent. But yeah. I've stopped watching those obscene amounts of news I used to. And then also last time when we first went into lockdown, I was watching like Contagion and Outbreak. I was into all I of know. that sort of stuff. And now, no way, no way. Take me as far away from that as I can possibly go. Yeah, you told me to watch Chernobyl. I was like, piss <laughs> off, mate. You trying to kill me? <laughs> I just want wild escapism. And indeed, oh, seeing yeah. the cover of that Kylie Minogue album, <laughs> I just, every gene in me, Kylie's yeah. releasing a new album and it's simply called Disco. And Thank the you. cover is her with extreme blue eyeshadow and extreme yeah. blonde hair, looking like something out of Xanadu meets Starlight yeah. Express. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I can't even articulate my response other than it was just yes. Yes. Oh. Take Same. me. Take me to disco heaven. I went hoot. I was like, yes, Kylie. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I need. I love you. It's like Gaga totally did it as well. Gaga's album, like when you hear it, we all just dance. We're exploding out of our skin when we play Gaga's new album. And it's a, it's a wise move because the second people are allowed back into the clubs, not me obviously, but, you know, the younger generation, mm-hmm. it's, they're just going to know all the tunes. It's going to be heaving. Like it's so great. And Kylie Minogue finally, I mean, what has taken her so long? This, oh. is, this is 20 years in the making, this album, because you know the song I want to be carried out to? Is your disco need oh, to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you're all lifting my coffin. Your disco. Your disco. Your disco. Yeah, that's what I want to walk down the, the aisle of wherever I am. won't be a church because uh, the coffin will go up in flames if I'm buried in church. But, yeah, I just got on you, Kylie. Oh, it's funny how so often it's like the divas don't understand that if you just give us the pure dance disco that they – I mean, Madonna too. Like, she'll be doing her I'll, – I'll do my folky electronica albums, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like confessions on the dance floor. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think it, divas. Lady Gaga as well. She went through all her folky phase and lovely, uh, lovely. Lovely, lovely, but come on, just give us a dance poor floor banger. We're very easy to please. (laughs) Now, look, before I let you go, you are sounding so much more relaxed. I have to say this this has been a meandering banter fest, Mm. but um, you were very, very stressed. Thank you for continuing to do the podcast last week because you were filming the last gasps, the last scenes of five bedrooms. We were last week. We were worried each day unprecedented numbers were being reported and you said, oh, my God, they're going to shut us down, they're going to shut us down, they're going to shut us down. We were and so they didn't. close to that. They did you it. We got, got to the end. We oh. got to the end. It meant we, we, we were actually meant to finish on a Monday. The numbers were going up so much we pulled it forward to a Saturday because we were just so paranoid about going to a stage four lockdown. And we want to point out to anyone listening 
full protocols in place, masks, pods, disinfectant, eyewear. Oh, God. One point, like, it was so safe, yeah. We had a cast and crew um, picture taken or, well, actually, pictures because it had to be all put together. We couldn't stand <laughs> with each other. It's incredible. I'll post it online, actually, because it's all of us in the PPE standing, having our individual headshot, and it looks so surreal and kind of amazing. But it definitely mm-hmm. was. It was, more, like, now that I'm out of it, I realise, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to be remembering that stretch of work yes. for the rest of my life. And it was everyone on the set, obviously, except for the actors when they did the scenes, was in their full gear. It is weird how quickly you can sort of get used to it. Mm. Like after a while, you just sort of start to accept it, that this is just this is just how things are now. Oh, yeah. It's taken me, like I went out yesterday to do the food shopping and had my mask on and everything and I was hot. There was like more people wearing masks than not, for sure. Oh, and every time I saw yeah. someone without a mask, I was like... <gasps> And I'm like, oh, all right, steady on clutching your pearls. It's not even mandatory yet. But I realise how quickly I've adapted to judging people who aren't wearing masks. Totally. <laughs> and we also had we also had a catchphrase that came in called the COVID curveball, which was you'd wake up in the morning, early in the morning, because oh, you always yeah. wake up early, and you'd find out now what what strange thing has happened that's COVID-related. So and it could be something like someone who was giving us a location to shoot in has got understandably cold feet, so they've pulled out, so we have to rethink all of that. But the most terrifying one was, of course, someone's woken up with a sore throat because we everyone had to have an ironclad deal that if you felt even a twinge, the smallest little thing in your throat, then you just go directly to the hospital and you get your test and then you completely isolate until the test so that back. happened. It mm. happened, yeah, oh, multiple times, multiple times, because it, mm. you couldn't be too careful. It just had to be anything, any kind of symptom mm. directly away. And early on we were managing that because because um, the testing was really fast and it was always back within 24 hours. But when the surge happened, the testing mm. blew out. The results were sometimes three or four days later. Oof. And so we'd be walking towards the day wanting to use an actor and then all of a sudden they're out. We don't know for how long. But what I realise now that I'm out of it is also the level of like, even though you tell yourself it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, we've taken all the precautions, it's going to be fine, you don't know that. You don't no, know you don't. that. And so until... <laughs> Until you get that result, until you see that thing that says negative, there's this little part of your mind that is preparing for the moment. And if we did have a COVID case, because we were one of the first ones back. And so this was, we sort of felt like we have to prove to this industry that's so Mm. desperate to work because there's been so little government support for the industry. Mm. We we have to be the ones that prove that it can happen to allow, (laughs) to allow the Nicole Kidmans (laughs) to come in and isolate so that they can make their productions here and everything. So if we went down because of a COVID case, it, it would be obviously terrible for us. It'd be obviously terrible for whoever was positive, but also be kind of terrible for the entire Australian film industry. And so all of that stress was buzzing around us. So to get to the end, let's just say. (laughs) Well done. I drank a lot of rosé and (laughs) in my lounge room alone, obviously, I played a lot of Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hamilton's on every day here. That's become my weird... Well, my son loves it. Like he sits and watches the first half without moving. Hamilton has become my real quarantine comfort food, which is weird, which is a strange thing, but it really has. And when it hits the tallies, whenever that that happens, whenever we get five bedrooms, because I know that's been (laughs) debated at the moment, it's going to be fascinating to watch the difference. You'll never know. I don't think you'll know. Oh, I can't Uh, wait. You know I'm going to sit there obsessively picking over it. I, what I will do is I'll, I will indicate the episodes where the scenes shot 
post-COVID start to come in. And there's one particular scene that's so amazing. It's the actual scene, the actors involved are Doris Unane and Stephen Peacock, and they were, weirdly, when they found out we were shutting down, they were told in the middle of shooting the scene. So they were doing this quite emotional scene, they got told, and then everyone burst out crying, and then they had to go back and finish the scene. And I I feel like I'll let people know when that scene's on because it just shows how talented they are that they just found out this monumental thing and they had to just pretend none of it was happening and still keep going. Maybe it was lucky that it was emotional because then you could sort of pour it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Oh, and before we go, don't bother messaging me or adding me about, oh, Em, but it's not fair. Everyone should be in quarantine. Don't fucking bother. I have so much going on at the moment. I don't care. So please don't waste your precious Instagram DMs or tweets or whatever trying to school me on why everyone should be in the same standard of quarantine. Can you hear it in my voice, the level of zero fucks? (laughs) I can't. I've got to get Elio to a blood test. I've got to manage my other children. I've got to try and keep working. I've got to, like, like everyone listening right now. And, I'm, and I know that 99% of you are like, yeah, we agree. We don't care. We've got other things to worry about. But just there'll be a couple of you who feel the need, like those of you who felt the need to defend Andy to me in DMs, don't bother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's in a good place. No, I am. I'm, I'm holding the space. I'm being totally Amelia from MasterChef on this one. It's just what I think. And if you think something different, good. That's how the world progresses, you know? Mm. Is that me being controversial and having an opinion? Am I going to get in trouble for this? No, I support you. Put on your bright red lip and get out there. (laughs) Hold your ground. All right. Thank you so much. Have a relaxing day. Oh, what are you I'm doing most today? Definitely. Well, you, well, we got still on? got it. We still do the post all the music and stuff like that. Oh. We still do it. Oh, that's fine. But that's fine. Post- we do it remotely. Yeah. We sit here on Zoom. It's fine. Oh, more Zoom meetings. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right. Well, that's it for another episode of Emsolation. Look. I do want to say in regards to the Nicole Kidman isolating in luxury versus everyone else, what I don't think is fair is there was a police presence in the people who were forced to isolate in the towers in Melbourne in the community housing and I'm pretty sure Nicole Kidman isn't going to be getting a police presence to make sure that she stays in her house. So I do agree that there are some very unfair double standards going on. But what I do want to say is, look, I'm already apologising because I'm worried about what people are going to say. I do want to say I just feel like it's not costing us any money for her to do that. Taxpayers are not bothered the way that she does it. As long as she's doing it right, I don't care because I have so many other things to care about. Do you know what I mean? I have care fatigue. Perhaps I would have fired up about it a few weeks ago, but now I've just got to pick where I channel things. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed all the episodes this week. Uh, it was a MasterChef bonanza. What am I going to do now? What am I going to put into, into my – I can't. I do want to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. I did kind of tease that maybe Michael and I would talk about it, but I, I watched an episode and I realised I've moved into the next generation. I can't watch it. I cannot bring myself to watch these people – in Fiji, pretend to fall in love or maybe they did really fall in love. I just find that there's some really sexist behaviour that goes on and my daughters were watching it and and one of the men 10 minutes in talked about how he was eating pineapple so his jizz tasted nice for the ladies and my girls kind of looked at me knowing I'd react. I'm like, guys, why are we watching this? This is not elevating us. But then can I judge them when I'm watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh, I don't know. But um, I'm so sorry. I just can't do Bachelor in Paradise. And if you can do it, good. 
go and bury yourself in it. I'm not judging you. Just for me, I, c- I couldn't bring myself to watch it or invest. All right, well, uh, look, have a great weekend. Have a great rest of your week. I did a uh, podcast with Pete Hellier. It's called You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. And I um, talked about how I had never watched Raging Bull. Uh, his the whole podcast is kind of around, you know, comedians watching big, huge movies they've never seen that are, you know, kind of historically massive. So I really enjoyed my chat with him. He's such a lovely guy. He's someone who's always been very kind to me and very generous. So, um, yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. You can find it where you find this podcast. It's a nice chat. It goes for an hour. Something meaty for you to put in. Maybe while you clean your bathroom. God, my bathroom is disgusting. Isn't it funny? The laundry in the bathroom, the places where things get clean, end up the most gross. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, so much. And uh, we'll chat next week. Bye. A Podcast One production.